Hello, and welcome back to Behind the Biography. I'm your host, Joe Thompson, pronouns he and him. In this episode, we will continue our Meet the Team series, where we introduce our listeners to the visionaries that make our programs possible. Today, I am joined by Amanda Whitener, the new Vice President of Education Experience here at Envision. She spent the last few years at Envision operating as the head of our high school STEM suite of programs. Um, she's truly been one of the driving forces in Envision's student-centric program improvements here during her tenure. Um, happy to have her share some fun stories um, about her and her journey to becoming VP. Um, truly one of my greatest examples of being a servant to others. Amanda, thank you. Thank you for allowing me the pleasure of hosting this conversation. Oh, Joe, the pleasure is all mine. I'm excited <laughs> to uh, be a guest. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. So uh, this is exciting for me as well to be on the other side of the mic. So thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure those of those uh, listeners who've been with us since our, our inception may remember this voice or remember you as our first podcast host, the only podcast co-host that I've that I can I can say that I've had. Um, so it's definitely a pleasure to get you on the other side of the coin now uh, with you moving up and advancing um, with us. I couldn't imagine a better person to uh, fill my shoes, Joe. You've done a great job. <laughs> Uh, so I'm excited to uh, continue this journey with you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, before we jump into some questions, a new thing that we're starting here, trying to make sure that we we make sure we do here on the podcast is just celebrating the guests who take the time to come on the podcast with us. Everyone has something amazing to share with us and our listeners. So we want to make sure we celebrate you and give you your flowers while you can enjoy the smell of them. So we want to start by thanking you for not only your leadership, but for your presence and thoughtfulness as a leader. I think that is one of the most important things that anyone who works at Envision will, will be able to agree with about you. And thank you for providing Envisionaries, both students and staff, a space for just creativity and constant enjoyment. I wanna make sure that we save space for that and celebrate you. That's an awesome compliment. Thank you, Joe. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's let's jump into some questions here. But before we get started, it is the holiday season, um, and transitioning from traditions that we now have at the podcast. Are there any holiday traditions that you you all celebrate um, at, at home? That's really funny. I was just telling this story the other day about how in my mom's house they have a Christmas tree. But one of the things that we started as a kid was we had from maybe a cereal box, maybe a box of oatmeal, this old um, Waldo little plastic disc, right? So we turned it into a Christmas ornament and we started hanging it in the tree. So years and years and years later, we still, the last ornament that goes up in my mom's tree is the Waldo and then someone has to come in and find it. So you have yes. the person who hides it and then people who find it. And then the winner, the person who finds the Waldo gets to then put the Waldo in the tree the next year. So- Love it. Um, it's very, the paper is falling off. It's definitely not in the best shape, but it's still a fun thing that we like to do um, and something that has stuck with my family for a really long time. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. You know, when, you, when we think about these questions, and I, I don't think of, about traditions that will last that long, but for, for Waldo to be tattered and to have seen many places in the Christmas tree, that's, that's amazing. And it's fun because we passed it down to my nephews too, who are now, you know, teenagers and they love to be a part of it too so sometimes there's multiple hiding sessions of the waldo just so everyone can participate so that everyone it. can be included <laughs> in the fun of the waldo ornament awesome how recently have you been able to hide the waldo i was the hider last year so nice, nice. um yes awesome awesome great so 
let's talk a little bit about your 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 journey to you know your your journey with Envision. How how did your Envision journey start? Where where where's the where's the beginning of um, Amanda's inception with with this program? Sure. So that's going back a little while, back to 2013. So. Um, I class started adding, yeah, oh my goodness, I was not in a class of 13, I was a full-grown adult in 2013, <laughs> but congratulations. I think I'm also in that class as well, 2013 was my start yeah. with Envision, I love it. I love it. So I started in 2013 as a program manager. Um, I previously had worked at a science museum where I had worked with a lot of public programs, done a lot of different things. Um, Maryland is home for me, so I came back to the Washington DC area, started with Envision as a, a program manager where I managed uh, the engineering program and the what's now the advanced medicine program. So I came in not really knowing much about Envision. I had seen different things about career exploration sessions and different types of programs that were meant for high school students. Um, I wasn't that wasn't the thing I wanted to spend my summers doing, so I never participated. But in hindsight, and as I learned about the programs, I was like, oh yeah, I should have done this um, instead of going to horse camp like I did for <laughs> all the summers of my preteen and teenage years. But as I started really learning about the programs and getting really excited about being a program manager, uh, planning programs, writing schedules, hiring staff, it really was an eye-opener for me and a great way to use the skills I had developed in the academic world in biology and in lots of other places working at the museum. I worked at a wildlife park prior to that. So bringing all of that back um, and really that student-centered learning, like you said, how can we make this great for the students? How can they take away the most learning possible, have a lot of fun, and at the end of it say, you know what, this changed my life for the better. Um, and that's really where I come from. And I don't have a background in engineering or medicine or some of the other programs I've run, but what I am really good at is recognizing when students have enough engagement to take away what they want, uh, to help them get to that point is part of our job as the Envision staff to help them realize what they came to do. Right. Um, and even if they didn't know it when they came in, they were, we're going to do our best to try to get them to leave with that. It's funny that you end with that because that kind of sounds a little bit about you and coming into envisions like not really knowing but wanting to explore wanting to kind of grow in that space you mentioned you were at a science museum i know that you were more of for lack of a better term an outdoorsman yeah. um as it pertains to you know what you enjoy about programs what, what have you been able to take from that kind of experience in you know learning and educating about the great outdoors that you can now you know apply in your current role or have been able to apply your in your roles previously that's a great question and you know i think that outdoors you can expand that a little bit into like your overall environment you know it's not just a classroom it's not just outside it's everything in it it's the ecosystem it's the world it's the universe how do all of those things impact you as a human and being able to take a minute to slow down and recognize these are all the things that are coming into all of my senses. How can I interpret those into the things that, that I want? You know, if I, I did spend a lot of time outside and I spent a lot of time walking and hiking and measuring plants and, you know, doing all sorts of plant <laughs> surveys, but at the end of it, do I remember all of the plants I looked at? No, but I do remember how the, the landscape felt, how it looked, how it made me feel and how it helped influence me to make different things. I spent a lot of time by myself cataloging plants and I spent a lot of time thinking, hey, is this the life that I want? And if I don't have what I want, where do I go to get that? 
Mm. Um, so I think that taking those things and also a sidebar, but also a major part of my younger life is that my parents owned a restaurant. And so we spent a lot of time in front of people and mm. taking the ability to recognize what a customer wants from this experience to try to anticipate their needs. You know, I know that Ned comes in at every day at 12 and he wants a cup of coffee and a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. The quicker I remember that and I see Ned coming to the porch, he doesn't even have to come in the door before I've got his coffee on the table and his grilled cheese on the, on the grill. And so just trying to think of students in that same way, like how can we set the experience up so they don't have to ask for what we need, what they need. We can think about it ahead of time and say, you know, I bet they're going to go this direction. And if we build that before they arrive, they don't even have to think about it. And then they're engaged, they're participating, and they're picking up all the things that we want them to pick up and take away those lessons without having to think if that's what they really want. You are providing mm -hmm. that experience for them to just be engaged in the experience and take away, um, take away a, really great, a really great piece of their life. I'm so glad you highlighted that because I think that is truly what I was speaking to earlier and kind of introducing you is your focus on service and being um, a servant to others, knowing the need before the individual or the customer is able to identify it, I think is just a, a strong suit. And it's a pleasure to be able to sit back and, and watch as, a, as an admirer and a, a learner and a, I would say a mentee um, of yours. Um, so I appreciate you in sharing that because it kind of helps yeah. create the imagery behind the words. I appreciate it. Sure. And uh, most people think of me as you know, the person who comes in from biology or a business background or anything. But really, my home base is is customer service and really uh, trying to figure that out before someone has to ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Truly where, where, where we connect. Um, let me ask you this question then, and, and then I'll, I'll pivot a little bit. Um, at what point, because you know, we talk about the light bulb moment or that light switch moment where it kind of all connects and clicks. Was there ever a moment for you uh, coming up, I'll say from the start of, of your, your time with Envision where you saw yourself as a future VP or saw yourself as the person who um, could, could lead in, in that way? Was there a moment? Sure. Is there, is, was there something that kind of happened that kind of has been moving you in that way? Sure. And there were a couple of different ones. And one actually happened before I came to Envision. But it was really one of the things that, for me, sort of changed my outlook on like how I do things and how I you know, see things happening for my life. Um, and it's really about you know, what drives me is that service, right? That helping others, helping others realize what they, what they want to do. And that came to me in graduate school. I, when I started graduate school as a biology student, I was full on focused on doing lab work. I was going to do this. I was going to very be a very academic track. And then I was a teaching assistant. Mm -hmm. But being able to translate the content, the text, all of the things that students need to know, then layered in with all of the social things that were happening in these young people's lives, I was able to take both of them, mend them all, you know, meld them all together and really help students adjust to their first year of university. Mm -hmm take away the biology content, learn how to study, pass a test. And it was something that I was really good at and proud of. And I thought, you know, if I could do this as my life, right? If I could do this as a job, then that's really gonna give me a lot of fulfillment. It's gonna help me do the things I wanna do 
And not to sound like a cliche, but when you do something you love, you never have to work a day in your life. Is that the is that the cliche? But that's true. I buy into it, so I understand. If I find when I find something that I that drives me, something I know about, and I can share it with other people, I'm I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So at Envision, I had been a program manager for a couple of years, and there were positions that opened. You know, th- things move around and things shift, and there was a a different level position that was open, and someone asked me, "Well, are you going to apply for that?" position and I initially said no I don't think so because they're looking for this person with this background and I don't think that that applies to me and as soon as I said the words I thought to myself you're doing exactly what you tell yourself not to do all the time Mm -hmm. so I went home and I thought about okay this role how does it match what I want and I thought about it and I said well here are the things that give me pause right this role is doing XYZ it's really focused in this area I'm more focused in this area, you know, is the difference between like focusing specifically on medicine or specifically, I wanted to broaden it over to STEM, Mm -hmm. all of STEM. And so I took a chance and I submitted my resume and the people who interviewed me said, okay, well, why did you apply for this role? I said, well, I didn't really apply for this role, but here's what I think it should be. And I mapped out my plan. I was like, this is what I think that the role could be here's how I fit into it. You know, yes, medicine is a part of it, but if it's all of STEM, that's what really gets me excited and here's all the things I wanna do. And I left there thinking, I either, I put all my cards on the table and I took a gamble and I said, here it is. If you, if this is the best idea ever, I just made history for myself, right? I, I just convinced a group of executives to hire me in a position that they didn't exist, but I just made up and walked in and said, here's my, here's my thought. And then I also said, they thought I was ridiculous. Like I walked in and they're like, who does this girl think she is? You know, coming in and like telling us how we should do this. And so a couple of weeks go by and I'm thinking like, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. And I'm at a conference and the person from HR sends me a text message and says, can you give me a call? And I was like, okay, here it is. And I happened to be at the conference with the person who was my my supervisor. And I asked, I asked them, I said, do you know what this is all about? She said, I'm not saying anything. I was like, oh, <laughs> she knows everything and she's not spilling the beans. And so I, I called the, the person back and I, you know, I said, oh, okay, you know, any updates for me? She's like, yeah, I want to offer you this position. And I was, I was shocked. It took me a second and I thought, okay. And my boss was sitting, you know, over not far away, but far enough that I could still see her. And I looked right. her in the eyes <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to go on this journey together. And then when we had our first meeting, she said, you know, I had sort of been thinking something similar about this role, but I couldn't quite articulate what I wanted. She's like, you came in and you laid it all out there and we're going to do that. We're going to go with that plan. And that was the moment I thought like, okay, things are in grasp as long as I think about how it could be better, how it could be bigger. If I'm bringing solutions to the table, if I'm thinking about ways to improve or, you know, change anything that is something that I'm not interested in or something I want to do differently, mm-hmm. all I have to do is ask the question. Not that I'm going to get yes all the time, but that there's less risk in asking for something that you want and maybe getting a no, but maybe getting a yes mm-hmm. instead of not asking yes, at all. I so that. I feel like that was a pivotal moment here with my career at Envision to be able to say, okay, I'm going to think about the things that I want to do and I'm going to ask questions and be okay with someone saying maybe not yet or no, 
but being able to, to take that as part of my journey and, and build from that. So uh, that was a really positive experience that, that changed, changed some things um, in my trajectory uh, at Envision. And then you know, here I am, however there many years later, nine, eight. Awesome. Oh, my <laughs> mm-hmm. goodness. I love to hear it. I know, you know, one of the things about us kind of being in this current pandemic is, is we're all kind of putting ourselves in position to offer advice, to take advice. And I think you kind of embodied one of the things that I've been kind of caring is you know don't talk yourself out of anything and mm-hmm. you truly did your best to talk yourself into um an opportunity so I, I i love that that's a that's a good message and a note for anyone listening to kind of to take away um right. it's out there for you it's out there it's everything that is in front of you you just gotta grab it that's right or at least it. make a plan right and if you think that it's out of your grasp think about the reasons why and if there was something different what would be different and there's nothing wrong with bringing that to the table uh, because that's how you get real change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what's, what's your number one goal currently as the you know, current VP of education experience? What are, what, what's your number one goals right now? My number one goal is all of the people, right? You know me and I am a people, for, per people first. And as long as the team feels like they have what they need to feel successful in their roles, they have, they feel empowered to make good decisions. They feel empowered to make bad decisions sometimes. Um, <laughs> all of that is part of the journey. But my role, you know, as being part of high school STEM, I got to, to really practice this with that team. Now my team is larger and incorporates um, all, of, all of the teams and all of the programs under the Envision uh, umbrella is that it builds trust. Like I want the team to feel like they have everything they need. And if that's not the case, I'm the person that can help out. It's a, I think it takes a, it takes a lot of practice to admit that I can't be the best at everything, but my number one goal is to know who those people are and go to those people and say, hey, I need help or X person on my team needs help. Um, and that's a really great way to use my role to benefit everyone, right? I think that's, that's where, what my number one goal is to, to build the team with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and have everyone come along on this journey with me. I don't want to be on it by myself. I'm a people person. I like to talk it out. Yeah. So having everyone be able to be a part of that is really important to me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, it's it's hard to it's it's hard not to talk about the pandemic when we're when yeah. we're on the podcast, right? This our podcast is kind of come from that, right? Yeah. It's a product of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what have, what have you personally learned over the last say year and a half? Um, let's see. What have I learned over the past year and a half related to? Let's say related to running programs. Sure. um, Okay. More specifically. Let's start there, right? Let's start there. Is that I think one of the things that we've learned, and I think this applies to lots of other, other things outside of programs now that I'm, I'm thinking through how I want to, to share my answer Mm -hmm. is that some of the assumptions that we've held on to for a very long time we've only held on to them because they already existed, right? Mm -hmm. So I think what the pandemic has taught us is that there are different ways to do a lot of different things and programs included. Uh, So thinking about programs virtually or thinking about programs that might have to be shifted around to accommodate different size groups of individuals or Mm -hmm. to have students come from local regions or just rethinking the whole way that people travel and move or move together or, move separately or independently, I think we were able to 
rethink all of those things and developing some programs for 21. Mm -hmm. And what we learned is that there are some things that we like better about <laughs> the way that we did uh, we did yeah. programs. It's, you know, when you think about, um, I'll use the pod model as example, mm -hmm. when we have everyone in their podded groups, they travel together, they eat together, they are roommates, we have very close track of where this group is. We thought, oh, for sure, these students are really just gonna get under each other's skin. After day two, they're gonna be like, I wanna talk to some different people. But the opposite happened. Mm -hmm. The group became intensely close, they really relied on each other, um, and they really became much better because they were all together. They could really spend that time to get to know a group of people that they had never met before, they had never encountered uh, their perspective. So they really had a chance to deepen that relationship and take a lot more away from it than meeting lots of other students over the course of a program length, with, which was something really exciting and I didn't expect. Um, but just like both. science, sometimes the results might not be what you expect, but it's something interesting to learn. So. I agree. I, I think that was one of the most surprising things about this summer too, is mm -hmm. just students being okay with continuing to build that relationship yep. with the 10 or with the 15 to, you know, 19 other students in that particular room with them. It was amazing to see that camaraderie and then how individual, there was no individual. I think that was the mm -hmm. one thing about this particular summer that that pod model kind of created or a learning experience for all of us created was we truly had no individuals in every opportunity in every space you were a part of a group you were a part of a whole and i think that was one of the things that you know especially at the middle school level with our programs that we saw time and time again and they lift each other up and i think that's the the part of that you know not everyone has a great day every day but when you're with the same group of people you really become in tune with the individuals in your group and you're able to say you know Joe's having a bad day today. Let's make sure that we bring him up and you know, make, we make sure that our group mates are feeling like they have the support they need. And I think that's a nice benefit to that, that grouping as well. Absolutely, I agree. So we've, we're kind of we've kind of charting our path down this direction, but something that as a, as a host of this particular podcast, when you know, we came up with the idea to talk a little bit more with the team and give our listeners an opportunity to meet the team members who are you know, integral to our programs running and being successful was having the opportunity to talk with one of my team members about a life in the field, like, you know, getting that kind of in-depth look at what it's like to be us and to work with the students. Um, I think that's, it's a lot of fun. You know, we talk so much with speakers who come out to the program and kind of that small moment that they have to impact students where we get a lifetime of it. Um, let, you, you mind talking about some experiences in the field, sharing some memories with me here? Of course, I've traveled to all different programs. So I've seen a lot of different things over my almost nine years. So um, <laughs> let's keep it clean, but I think there's some good stuff to share. Some funny stories that, uh, that we definitely can laugh about and, and, and reflect on. I think there's some really powerful moments that come out of observing programs in the field and being a part of the experience, just like the students and families. All right, perfect, perfect. So I, I wrote down a couple things here, um, and I think the best place to start is kind of that first impression that not only we get with our students, but our students and families get with us. Um, any memories or best memories or, or, or story you'd like to share about an arrival day experience, kind of that first day of the program? Sure. And it, it actually starts before arrival day, because one of my favorite memories I was traveling from here in the DC area, I was traveling out to Berkeley, California to support one of our uh, engineering programs. And so unbeknownst to me at the time that I got on the airplane, 
that I was on the airplane with several students <laughs> who were traveling. One was traveling with an adult. One was traveling alone. But, you know, it's a long flight. It's about, you know, it's about five hours on a plane. But I learned as I sort of overheard some conversations and, you know, it, it became very clear to me that these students were going to the same place that I was. Mm -hmm. And they were about to participate in a program that I was in charge of. And I got really <laughs> nervous for a second. I thought, oh, my gosh, we're not even there yet. And I'm the, the hype is so high. I can't I don't know how I'm going to overcome it. But I didn't give away who I was because I wanted their, their experience to be authentic and I right. wanted their anxiety and to work through, you know, hey, what's about to happen? I didn't want to taint that experience for them. So we all got off at the Oakland airport. We get our bags and I'm going to ride the bus to the, um, to the campus just with everyone. And then they see me <laughs> at the airport, like waiting for the shuttle. And they're like, you are on our airplane. And I was like, yes. And they're like, what do you do? You know, are you a parent or are you whatever? I'm like, no, I'm the program manager of this program. They're like, oh my God. And they're like, we have so many questions. Of and, so, and so it was really great to then jump into that conversation and say, well, I didn't want to disturb your conversation. And I, I wanted you to have the same experience that all the students did with being excited to arrive. But now we're all here. We can, we can talk about it and answer questions. And then those, there were three students and throughout the program, I saw them all week, and they're like, we're still having a good time. Are you riding home it. with us? You know, they, <laughs> they wanted to check in and, and see how their program was. So that was a great, a great way to bond with those students. Um, but it really started before arrival day. But making that connection with those students was really fun and fun to watch um, as they went through their journey um, oh, from the airplane awesome. you know, all the way to departure. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being in an earshot of students traveling from the east to west coast probably for the first time mm -hmm. you know one student who's just meeting a new group of people so that anxiety kind of subsiding just a little bit and then the opportunity to be able to speak with a program manager before arriving <laughs> on site is like what is like the that's like the pinnacle at this point it's like mm -hmm. the, the greatest luck of the draw right <laughs> well and the one the one of the students was traveling with a family member who had agreed like hey i'll, I'll go with my nephew to make sure he makes it there safely and he was really excited because then he could go back and tell his brother, hey, I met the, the person mm -hmm. and everything is good. Everyone is safe. They've got it under control. So he <laughs> felt like he had that inside, uh, the inside connection uh, with me as part of that, which was really great. That is, uh, that's good. That's good <laughs> stuff. I love it. I love those moments, um, especially when we get the, the families involved. You know, that's one of my personal things about the programs that we offer is to be able to connect with the families, see how our experience that we're providing for the students actually moves those individuals. So I appreciate a, at least a family member having an opportunity to be a part of that story as well. Um, how about any departure day experiences? So that kind of that, that, that final day, which is one of those, I would say bittersweet days. Um, if you talk to anyone on our, on our team, I know for our students, it's one of the more difficult days. They never want to leave. You know, they, just met these people five or six days ago and now they're their best friends and, and they want to be together for an eternity. Do you have any uh, departure day memories to, to share with us? Sure. I think one of my favorite days, um, my favorite parts of departure is watching everyone say goodbye to each other, um, but also watching any videos or things that they put together. Sometimes the groups will make a slideshow or the staff will make a slideshow of students participating and you know really having fun but watching the students react to the photos of themselves 
immediately brings back all of that nostalgia of like, oh my gosh, that was day one. We barely knew each other. <laughs> and when they see staff members, they get really excited. Like, oh, that's Steve. Or, mm -hmm. you know, that's somebody that I recognize. And they get very excited. And that's a great way to add energy that's already high. You know, add energy back into that and, and have them take away memories that are really strong and will last for a long time. Uh, so I really enjoy watching Departure Jade just as an observer. Yeah. Um, but also... It's hard for me to not interact with families, right? I, I love to hear how things went, and I really enjoy talking with families at the end to say, you know, my, my student showed up not really knowing what to expect. They were nervous the first day. They called me like 20 times. They were like, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to be. But by, but by day two, I didn't hear from them, mm -hmm. which means that they got into it. They were having a great time. They didn't want me to be involved. And then here I am on the last day to pick them up, and they didn't even pack their stuff. Like they are <laughs> so engaged and so ready to just stay here forever um, that they really are excited to see their students so engaged. And as you know, to see parents excited for their students is is a big deal. You know, it's hard to send your your child away to someplace that you don't know with people that you don't know uh, because you can't control the situation, right? That's that's hard for a parent to give up that control. Absolutely. To, but to know that they're in good hands and that they come back. Uh, feeling really great about what they experienced is really a big deal. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. On departure day, you know, like 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 we mentioned, it's definitely one of my favorite days to kind of sit back, be a fly on the wall, mm -hmm. see the work kind of come to a conclusion. And you know, one of my favorites is you know so, some of our programs we give students the opportunity to prepare a, a speech, and yeah. you know, speak on behalf of their experience and their group's experience. Um, and, you know, I love sitting back in and, you know, kind of watching everything. You know, we, we you talk about the the family members and the students, how they've grown in these in these moments. I watch the staff when these speeches are happening. Right. You, you see the tear over here in the front row, the staff members who are like, I didn't think they were going to say that. I can't believe that they had that type of experience. That kind of eye opening moment for the staff is what I love um, about Departure Day. But I'm wondering if. You know, you have any of those um, experiences or those or any story to share about to share about a student's, let's say, light bulb or light switch moment where we've kind of no, we noticed those students who they figured it out, whether it's a yes, I know I want to do this for the rest of my life or I was mulling over a couple things and I think I want to <laughs> learn a little bit more about, about another area. Are there any kind of some of those aha moments or light bulb moments where you've seen students kind of grow across, you know, day one to, to the final day of our programs? Yeah, I think one of the things that's really exciting to me and those light bulb moments, as you put it, are, are really great because you watch, I'll use um, the medicine program as an example, just because I've seen, been to a lot of different uh, sessions of medicine program. And one of the things that they, they learn, they learn a little bit about clinical skills. They learn how to take things like pulse and blood pressure. But what the, the exciting part for me is their light bulb moments go off when they realize that they can take all of these skills and apply it to real people, right? It's not just a mannequin. It's not just a thing when they take their partner's blood pressure and they get it right and they realize that this is something I can do. This is something that's not out of reach for me. And when they do, uh, when they practice suturing, they look at it and go, I did it. I, I figured it out. You know, they, they, they want to practice and they want to get better. And that for me is really exciting to watch the connection between, hey, I read it in a book. I watched someone, how to, watched a video. I watched someone do it. And now it's my turn. And I did it just like the picture or right. I did it 
just like the person or the instructor told me I should do it. And I'm really proud of myself for being able to do it. It might have taken a couple of tries, but I got it. And watching that excitement is, is really powerful. And it gives me a lot of energy um, because I know that the staff had a really big hand in that. The, the, the team really put a lot of effort into getting those students there and helping them get there. Um, and I, I hope that that gives them energy too. That's exciting for me. Absolutely. It's funny. It's funny that that's a memory that you share because we talk about, you know, 2013 kind of being our start with Envision. Well, I actually started as an advisor mm-hmm. for the medicine program. And I had that same aha moment during my first training where I was like, suit, I can suture. I can like, do that. I can actually <laughs> do this. And not only, I can also make sure that these students have the ability and all the resources to be able to create that same moment for them. So, being able to have it, you know, you know, being on both opposite, both ends of that particular coin, um, it is amazing. So it's one of those things about being an envisionary myself, but on the staff side of things, where, you know, we're able to get so much from these students as well. I think that's the one thing that, you know, you know, we learn here is that it's not just an experience for them; it's a true experience for us, and that's what builds that that passion and compassion, you know, from us. And I think that's a really important moment for the staff too. So thanks for including your experience there. It's that if the staff have that aha moment, they want the students to have that. Like they're extra excited and extra motivated to get the students to the place where they arrived maybe an hour ago, maybe five years ago. But that's what really drives our staff and the advisors and the support staff to really stick with it and help the students get to that place. And I think that's a, a great reflection. And you know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get there for some, for some staff, but once they do, it's powerful. And oh, then you have a, an envisionary for life. I think that's the, those are the folks that want to stick around and they want to do it over, to get over and over again. They want to come back year after year, uh, which is a, a really important part of our seasonal staff or the staff that come back. Often they work a few seasons or they work a season and then join the full-time team. So um, that's a very powerful network of people who have that aha moment and then want to share it with others mm-hmm. um, and spread the love, you know, and share the love to, to everyone they know. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, let's let's wrap the, the memory conversation. I love going back right. down memory lane with you. I really appreciate it. Do you have a best mm-hmm. or most fond memory of a program season or a particular student or staff member? Is any, any any best or most fond memory you'd like to share with us? Sure, and I'll share two. Um, I think that one of my favorite experiences of the entire Envision experience, maybe because I spent a lot of time doing this, is our staff training. Hmm. We see so many people come from so many different places. We have a training here in the DC area where everyone comes together. And in a lot of, a lot of times it's a big reunion. It might be, I hadn't seen these folks since the year before, but we're all so excited to be back and see each other. 2020 was so tough, we didn't see anyone. Whew. and so. This year's training or the summer of 21 training was extra. It was extra reunion, mm-hmm. extra, you know, social distance high fives. It was so good to see everyone in person that it was overwhelming to me because I just love the energy that the staff brings and uh, really getting into that. And so staff training is a really important part of my experience. And I love being a part of training, both as a facilitator, as an observer, as a helper, you know, anything that I need, I'm there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always at training, uh, making sure that everyone has what they need. But the second part of that, and one of my second favorite group of memories, is having informal conversations with staff, with students, just sort of off the cuff, just very candid, relaxed conversations where you learn a lot about the individual when they're, when they're relaxed and comfortable, they build trust with you, 
and they often share those memories or those light bulb moments that you didn't expect. Um, and that's always very powerful for me. I'll use an example of, I was with a staff member who was a seasonal staff member and it was the very end of the very last session. So everyone is packing up, everyone is going home and he was waiting for a train and his train didn't leave till many hours after, but he had unpacked from his room and he was just sort of sitting on the sidewalk waiting to walk to the train. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking very informally and about you know, what he wanted to do and a little bit about his trajectory. And he's like, you know, I was a student that attended one of these programs. I was like, oh really? And I was like, how did you get there? And he's like, well, I was in middle school. I went to this law program and I had a great time. And he's like, and I didn't really think about it until after college when I thought maybe I could do something else. And he's like, so when I saw that this was a, a job to do, he's like, I signed up and he's like, and I really loved it. Yes. He was like, I would love to come back. He's like, be the first person to sign me up because <laughs> I am in, I want to do this forever. Oh, yeah. um, and that person still works uh, for Envision. Um, you and I joke and talk later about who that is. You can probably guess who it is. <laughs> One of our uh, Rockstar team members. But that was a very, a great conversation that was very powerful in a way that, you know, just sort of in the downtime, you know, every, everyone's guard is down. You get to, to really think about and reflect on those experiences and what they mean and, and what, it, what impact it has on your overall life. So I was glad to be a part of that conversation and that reflection. And um, it, was, it was a powerful moment. Well, thank you so, so much for taking that trip back down memory lane for me. I, I know I very much look forward to the new memories and new experiences that we're about to create and be able to, to store in our memory banks um, moving forward. Um, but I know we're running a little low on time here, but I do have a kind of fun question. We typically like to wrap up the episodes with a fun little bit of off the cuff question. Put you on the spot a little bit uh -oh. here. Um, so... The question I want to ask to you is, if you could host a dinner party and choose any five guests to attend your dinner party, dead or alive, um, who would you invite to said dinner party and give us a little bit uh, about why? Oh my gosh. Wow. Five people? That's five a lot. People. Only five? Not Only 35? Five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, let's see. Wow. We'd have to edit out the thinking part of. It's all good. This, this is why we have this space for. We want to mm -hmm. get. We want to make every you know get you off the cuff, get you get you thinking a little bit, get you yeah. off balance a little, and see what you come up with in a, in a pretty fun way. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first one would be my great grandfather on my mom's side, um, and I never met him. He passed away when my mom was a young person, uh, but everyone in my mom's side of the family always told me that I, I reminded them of him in a lot of different ways. And so I would love to spend time with him and, and really get to know him to help put those pieces together that they saw so much of him in me uh, that they made that connection over and over again. Awesome. Awesome. Um, do you, I could share a very real example, but it's kind of dark. <laughs> Let's go there. This is okay. behind the biography. Okay. Let's go there. Okay, my second guest would be my sister. Okay. Um, in 2012, my sister was killed in a car accident. And so I would really love to spend some time with her. And um, I spend a lot of time with her son, who's now 18. Mm -hmm. And he and I are very close. Yes. And so I would love to spend some time with her and get her insight on how it all turned out, um, how we did raising him and um, turning him into a full-on grown-up. Um, but I 
really just miss her. You know, yeah. I really like to spend some time with her. So that would be my second guest. And that's the beauty in mm -hmm. this question, right? Sure. Having an opportunity to, to think about our loved ones in that way. And, you know, the thing about a dinner party is just kind of sitting all around the table and pulling those experiences, creating new memories, having thoughtful conversations. So I appreciate you sharing with us, and yeah. especially your first two guests being so personal. Sure. Um, other two are a little bit just more like historical context. I'd like to invite Geraldine Ferraro to my dinner party. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I think about her as a woman who in her lifetime just encountered a lot of barriers and roadblocks uh, for being a woman with a very strong opinions mm -hmm. about very different things, um, how she navigated a world in which it was tough, right? It was tough to navigate and she did it for a very long time. Uh, so sometimes it would be just great to hear how her perspective on like where she was, how things are, um, how she feels about things. And I think she would just be really funny to talk to because you can't, can't go through those many um, roadblocks and not have a good sense of humor. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, let's see. Who else would you I You got two more for us? Okay. Yes. So one of my very favorite singers in the world, his name is John Prine. He's kind of a folk singer. Okay. Um, and he would be a really fun person to just talk about life with because his songs are really focused. They're very bluegrass Americana type of storytelling, but the, the funny takes that he has on life and people and how they interact with each other um, is really funny. And I enjoy his music mo mostly because it's comedic, but it's also kind of, you know, a fun hook and a great mm -hmm. way to spend my time. Yeah. Um, and then I would also, and this sounds kind of cheesy, I would invite my fiance Dan to my dinner party yes. uh, because he is my very best friend um, yes. and I enjoy spending time with him. Uh, so I would not have a dinner party and not invite him. And congratulations on Thank the you. new engagement. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yes, you. absolutely. Absolutely. This wasn't an opportunity to shout out my engagement. Just I promise you clear. it's written down here. <laughs> so you made it you made it easier for me in terms of the, the intro. We, we do very good with segues and playing off each other. It's That's as right. if we've done this before. It's like I'm <laughs> anticipating your needs, Joe. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, Amanda, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for you know being our, our most recent guest, for coming in, spending some time, sharing in some memories, having a few good laughs with us today. Um, I can't wait for the listeners to be able to soak this all in. Um, and, and, and again, just, just thank you for your guidance and for, for being a true leader and, and moving us forward. Um, I couldn't have, couldn't have had a better time with, 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 with you. Thank you. No, I always enjoy it when our paths cross and we get to spend some time together catching up. I always enjoy talking with you. Uh, you're a great uh, part of my team and, a, and I consider you a good friend. And so I appreciate you taking the time out to have a conversation with me about fun stuff I like to talk about. So uh, I hope that it adds a good depth to uh, what we've already done as part of the podcast. So, and I thank you for that. Thanks for being an amazing host. And uh, sticking with this whole podcast thing, yep. uh, the little podcast that could. Uh, <laughs> we love we love what we do, so I appreciate you taking the, the time to spend it with me, um, and I'll see you in the new year. All right. Thank you so much, and this All has right. been another episode of the Behind the Biography podcast. Thank you. This has been another amazing episode of Behind the Biography. Thank you to our guest, and thank you so much for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in our programs, 
please visit our website at envisionexperience.com. Also, we'd love to hear from you. So check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even LinkedIn, and tell us what you think at Envision Experience.